This is an ABC podcast. Can you be more Pacific? On ABC Radio Australia. Fakalofala here, too, and welcome to Can You Be More Pacific? I'm Dean Halatau, and today I'm joined by the awesome Iliseva Batibasanga, former Wallaroo and replacement for Sarah Nangama over the next little while. Ili, thanks for joining us once again. Hi, Dean, Buller fam, and thank you for having me. Um, yeah, very excited and wishing Sarah all the very best over her the next few weeks playing for the Wallaroos um, over in Canada and up in Brisbane. Now we've got plenty to get through. We will be joined by Crusaders hype man and speedster Sevu Reese. You can ask that is about the big moments. Also, we'll chat to Fane Fituafe, the team manager for the Touring Tongan Secondary Schools Rugby League team. But first, let's check in. Dean, how was your week? I'm going well, thanks. I've, uh, you know, last weekend was a really big weekend in sport in Australia. And it's one of those moments where you, you think back, and this is a little bit of a hint of what's coming up, and you can ask that, but it's one of those moments where you, you, you get like goosebumps all over because it's such a big moment, and you can look back and tell your kids where you were when something happened. And he's stopped now, four short of that southern line. Now it's the last, in fact, for West Tigers. Kepper Ora at dummy half. Off to Wakeham. Crossfield bomb goes deep to the in goal. Up they go. It's off a couple of sets of hands and falls for Alex Twole. Who can score his first career try. I don't believe it. And nor do the Campbelltown faithful. That was an absolute raffle. Anyone could have scored that, but that was that man, Alex Twole, in his 116th career game. And his teammates come from absolutely everywhere. Wow, that was Brett Sprigg, our caller on ABC Grandstand. I was fortunately sidelined for that moment, so there was just like an electric atmosphere in, in the uh, at Campbelltown in the whole stadium, and um, yeah, goosebumps all over. Yeah, that was a fabulous moment in in sporting history, especially for the Tigers this year. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think Alex Ford ever, like throughout his career, would have thought he'd be a part of sporting history, scoring his first try in 116 games. So well done, Alex. Uh, as I said, we'll touch on that a little bit later, and you can ask that. What's happening in your weeks, uh, Illy? What's been going on? Uh, my week, uh, as as of last week, just trying to keep warm. It was the coldest, oh, yes, yes. coldest morning in Sydney like, yesterday for I think 53 years. It wow. was freezing. Um, but no, uh, over the weekend, played a bit of footy, had a bit of an injury scare, but we're good. We've come through that. And this week we are looking, we're looking for that Super Rugby uh, Pacific final. Yes, Can't the Super Rugby one. Pacific is, is coming up. And again, we'll get into that later on. Now, let's get into the sport that's uh, occurred over the week. And of course, State of Origin 2 took place up in Brisbane yesterday, Lang Park, always a tough place to travel for any New South Wales team. And unfortunately for New South Wales supporters, not unfortunately for you, Ilian, or your Queensland mob, it was a Queensland victory, 32 points to six, which means they take out the series, two blots so far. And uh, yeah, disappointing night for the Blues. And it was a difficult start. Uh, there was a try scored by Valentine Holmes in the eighth minute, which was uh, probably against the run of play and also um, a few bumpy moments for the Blues in that try. He went on to score another try in the 42nd minute um, to cap a really good performance for himself, but this is how that went. Tackle made 11 out from the Blues goal line. Now Grant Dummy half goes right, Cotter linked up with Carrigan to Cherry Evans to late pass. Reese Walsh sends it, what a half volley! And Valentine Holmes dives through the air! And he scores in the Norris corner. Queensland put a hand and maybe a finger around the shield. Yeah, it was a really nice backline shift by the Queensland Maroons. They 
Look, it was an intense game, but they never looked troubled uh, by the Blues at any stage. I thought it was they were in control, and um, the crowd was certainly behind them. So it was, um, yeah, like I said, disappointing. You can hear the disappointment in my voice for as yeah, a New South Welshman. But what, what did you think of the game, Millie? Well, I loved it. Absolutely course, loved it. Of course. of course, like sitting at home with my New South Wales uh, housemates, and I was just rubbing it in to no end. Um, but um, yeah, the Queensland Maroons did have a clinical performance, and they did run around New South Wales, unfortunately, and it, they needed a miracle if they were going to win that game. Yeah, they did. And look, looking at the try scorer sheet again for the for the Queensland team, and this has been something that we've highlighted over the show the last few weeks, all Pacifica players touching down for the Queensland Maroons. So great to see. Home scored two tries, as, as I mentioned, Talungi, Hamasai, Tabiwa Fado, Xavier Coates, Jeremiah and I, who's back in origin for the first time uh, since missing the first one through injury. So really dominant performance by the Maroons and congratulations to them on sealing uh, victory for uh, sealing the series, I should say. I did notice, but on a few social media posts from those players, they were out to about three or four in the morning. So I'm going to have to back up this weekend. So I'll be interested to see how they go uh, backing up for their club sides. Well, hopefully the recovery goes well. Yes, hopefully it does. Now turning our attention to football, the the actual football as it's known around the world, soccer, uh, and there was some some pretty negative news out of a game between a friendly match between Qatar and uh, New Zealand, the, the All Whites. There was some um, accusations of racial abuse, um, and the first accusation we heard was towards Michael Boxall, who plays for the uh, All Whites. That's been refuted uh, by Qatar with the player that was in question on those comments saying that he first received um, some some racial vilification from the All Whites. So what happened was Boxall at around the 40th minute, there's a bit of a fight um, that, that erupts off the back of some comments that were made towards him. Uh, and then the All Whites uh, said there was no action taken by the on-field referee. So they decided not to return to the match in the second half. They took a stance, they weren't happy uh, and they abandoned the match. So... Pretty strong stance taken by the All-Whites and obviously some things that were said um, they weren't happy with. But um, this, this claim from Qatar that the uh, the comments were made in the reverse in the first instance is, is quite interesting. Yeah, to have to have them come back and say that the All-Whites made the first move um, I think is interesting. And it, it sounds to me like a bit of he said, he said, and it just doesn't – we can't really – prove exactly what happened, but the fact that they did take a stance and not come back to the field, um, that goes to show that they are not going to put up with this behaviour. Yeah, certainly. And, and I know the, um, the, the All-Whites, uh, there was players that were around at the time that heard um, what was said to, to, to Boxall, but um, again, the, the claims made by Qatar is that you know, there, was, there was other comments made in the first place. Look, any sort of racial vilification on the field in any sports arena is, and outside of a sports arena for that matter, is certainly not, not nothing you want in, in your sport. Um, so the greater governing bodies have been brought in to try and get to the bottom of it and hopefully come up with uh, an outcome that's, that's right for all involved. And obviously we can't let it stand. So um, disappointing to hear that from, um, from soccer, but hopefully they get to a result soon. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Um, yeah, we, we don't want that that in our sports anywhere. Um, so hopefully they do clean it up and we can get on and let the boys play. That's right. Now, rugby, some big news with some New Zealand venues confirmed for the World 15 uh, one tournament, which is to take place later this year. And uh, this is uh, going to be a big tournament. It's the first of its kind. It is the first of its kind. Uh, we've got the World 15s first. Um, New Zealand have confirmed their, their venues. There are three venues for this tournament. Um, the first venue is Sky Stadium in Wellington, the world-famous Cake Tin. 
um, which can be quite windy around October. <laughs> we, uh, I think, yeah, the girls are going to be having to pack their, their jumpers for that one. And then the second venue is Forsyth Bar Stadium, which is a fully enclosed stadium and known as the N- Dunedin Icon. And I know our Sarah Naguama, she has had experience playing in this stadium um, for the Matatu. Um, and then the final uh, venue is the Go Media Stadium in Mount Smart in Auckland. Now, the three teams that have already been locked in for the World 15-1 is England, France and Wales. And we are just awaiting the top three finishes from the Pacific Four Series held in Canada in July. And that is out of Australia, USA, Canada and New Zealand. Now, our Wallaroos have a tough task, but they just have to win one game. One game out of those three and they will be through with the next top two finishes. Fingers, toes, arms, legs crossed for the Wallaroos to to progress through um, to the World 15 later in the year. Now, uh, sticking with rugby, and this is something that we've covered um, in the last few weeks on the show, and it's it's some negative news once again, but um, the lack of payment or payment not being made to Fijiana players representing both the Drua and um, the national side. This is uh, really um, disappointing news to, to hear that their players haven't been paid the money that they're owed. It's really sad. It's really sad. And I said last week, like these girls put their heart and soul into these games and week in, week out and training, and they are still not owed what is due. Um, so the Fiji Rugby Union Trust Board confirms that there is still a lot of money owing to these girls, um, not just for the Fijiana 15, but to the Fijiana Nandrua, who played in the Super Rugby, uh, Super W competition this year. And um, a few players have been quite outspoken about this on social media. The the Fijiana 15 captain, Sarima Lewinagila, and Batila Tawake of the captain for Super W, Fijiana Drua. And of course, one of the players, Asanate Serevi. Um, and I think it's a powerful platform for these girls to stand up for what they believe in and what they deserve um, and shows a lot of courage. It certainly does. And, and the fact that they've also won the, the Fiji, Fijiana and Drua have won the last two Super W competitions. So they're, they're a very successful team coming out of Fiji, uh, Fiji and, and to not have um, their payments made when they should be celebrated oh, and, and yeah. should be paid up front um, is really disappointing. The, the inter- interim chair, uh, Peter Maisie, uh, has confirmed that uh, they were looking into the payments and they were going to resolve this, as you said, at their, their next board meeting. So look, Hopefully they can resolve it because, as as we both agree, it's 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 not on. It's it's terrible that they haven't uh, been able to be paid, particularly when they're sacrificing their own time and effort to to do what they've done. Yeah, it's not on. And to be honest, like it wouldn't happen in the men's game. It it wouldn't. No, you're right. Now coming up next, it's Talanoa time. Talanoa time. On can you be more Pacific? Joining us for Talanoa time this week, we're very, very fortunate to have Sevu Reese. He's a current crusader, an all black, and he is a tri-scoring machine. Sevu, thanks for joining us on Can You Be More Pacific? Thanks so much, guys, for having me. Now, we'll, uh, I'm sure all of our listeners know who you are, but if you can, just uh, give us a bit of background on who you are as a person and uh, where you come from. Um, yeah, Bolovinaka, everyone. Um, yeah, my name's Sevu. Um, I was born and raised in Fiji and uh, made my way to New Zealand and yeah, found myself down south here in Christchurch and uh, called this place home and um, yeah, I've got two daughters and a partner so uh, yeah, that's keeping me busy uh, most of the time and uh, I'm out with injury at the moment and uh, yeah, it's 
That's me in about two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> two minutes, short and fast, just like yourself, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, look, unfortunately, you are injured at the moment, and I do remember when it happened. I'm sure it lives in your in your head rent free, and I was gutted for you. Um, but you've actually come out to be quite the supporter and quite the go getter for the boys with that. Um, film that you guys filmed of the boys in the gym, you're pumping the boys up with George. Now tell me, what kind of spectator are you when you're sitting in the stands watching? Um, man, I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'd say like a sore loser kind of fan, you know, like a supporter kind of, and uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I always watch, yeah, that's real tough, you know, I'm, like last week, you know, I was watching and um, when the boys played the Blues, yeah, it's, I was right behind the goal line and, um, yeah, I was, you know, even with my injured knee, I was standing on the chairs and just <laughs> ripping out all these dance moves and, um, yeah, I mean, that got the crowd going. Um, but, yeah, I was, like, yeah, yeah, I was watching, obviously, not ideal watching. Um, I want to be out there. <laughs> But yeah, no, that's the that's the probably the most I could do now is just support the boys and through my energy and uh, yeah, I mean talking about the talking about energy and obviously what you mentioned earlier that video that we did last week, George and myself, um, we're literally getting ready in about what's the time now? Probably in another half an hour. We're about the boys don't know, but we've got something special again today for them so nice nice that sounds exciting yeah we look forward to um jumping on socials later today to see what that yeah, is yeah yeah don't worry you guys will see that. <laughs> Man, yeah. now, is, is that something that that's just evolved for you um since you've been injured or you've always been the one that that likes to bring the energy and entertain everyone uh yeah that, that, that's always been me you know um if you get to know me as a person and um uh, don't really take anything seriously, and you know, always here just for for good laugh, and you know, always just trying to see everyone smile, and hopefully, you know, people can feed off my energy, and especially when I'm injured, you know, I know there's a lot of lot of sort of pressure, and people were quite nervous, and as you would, in you know, on a finals finals week, and it's good to just bring things like that out, and you know, just sort of takes that, um, you know, it's the mental side of things, and I just sort of just relaxes the boys a little bit, and stuff like that well sticking with uh just with the injury for a second uh how how is it coming along how's the the rehab process going for you um is is this is this the biggest uh, injury that you've had to deal with in your career yes this is the biggest injury i had to deal with and i'm rehabbing really well um obviously me and my partner george bauer um yeah we're rehabbing together every day and um yeah, it's a long journey, man. It sucks, to be honest. Um, but, yeah, no, we know that we need to do everything right if we want to get back um, playing where we left off. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's really important to have that partnership with George, um, also to not to work on your physical side of things but also your mental side of things um, and overcome those those hurdles. Um, speaking now with, with the season, how do you see – the development of the Fijian and Andrua and Moana Pacifica as a and an opponent. Oh, my, like you know, the, the draw. You know, they made the quarterfinals. You know, that's history. That's that's crazy. And the thing is, like you know, those teams are just you know they're only just starting, and it's only up 
it's only upwards from here, you know, for those teams, and it's, you know, that's the dangerous thing about those, you know, we know talent's there, everything, you know, you give them a few more years, man, you know, I mean, they, I mean, they, they showed us Crusaders in the Lotoka in Fiji. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, that was, um, yeah, not quite good, especially for me, you know, going back to Fiji, playing in front of my family. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> you know that there's going to be phone calls and they're going to bag you out the very next oh, day. I know. And literally until today, up until today, it's, that's the one game that's been talked about in Fiji when they beat the Crusaders. And I'm like, yeah, sweet. Thanks, guys. <laughs> not just today, but for years to come. And you know <laughs> it. For years to come, I know. I'm like, yeah, I'm not coming back to Fiji. I'll just chill here. Sweet. <laughs> yeah, and just adding on that, um, being a Fijian yourself and a Fijian myself, playing against a Fijian side, I can tell from my experience the preparation is different. How do you prepare to play a Fijian side? Oh, yeah, man, it's and it's. I mean, I don't know if like playing in Fiji is something else. I don't know how you. I don't even know how to prepare for that. <laughs> Honestly, you, you're there, you cannot, uh, yeah, I mean, you've seen other teams struggle in Fiji as well. But, yeah, I think so for me, for, um, you know, it was a, the same with All Blacks when we played the Flying Fijians. It's, you know, for me, I know when Fijians play Fijians, they fall, it's, you know, you know, it's always there trying to, like, you know, I don't know, we just have this mentality of, like, we're, it's like today is the day where we're going to show who's the stronger Fijian, who's the tougher Fijian, and you just, like, Think to yourself, you're like, oh, Jesus, here we go. It's going to be a long day. <laughs> you pass pass the ball and it's like two minutes later, oh, someone just... You'll be laid out. <laughs> you. oh. And having that for 80 minutes. <laughs> Flashbacks. <laughs> We're chatting, yeah. we're chatting with Severus, injured Crusaders winger, and you're listening to Can You Be More Pacific on Radio Australia and ABC Sport Digital. Sevu, obviously uh, a big week coming up, as you've alluded to, with the, the final uh, Crusaders. How, how do you rate the season so far? Um, obviously, it's great to be in the final, but um, what's your, um, I guess, your, your take on, on the season that you've had as a, as a group? Yeah, um, this year for the Crusaders, it's, you know, we, had, we had a really slow start. And um, yeah, we had a really slow start, and then you know we sort of found our way, um, you know, halfway through the season. Um, but yeah, you know, we things sort of come together, you know, right towards the end, and um, you know, and also injury-wise, man, this year is probably the most, um, it's probably the worst, you know, injury-wise. You know, we, a few boys, including myself, you know, season-ending injuries, and guys been out for you know months too as well, so. Um, it's it's really testing the depth in the squad, and um, you know, and we're here now in the finals, and you know, this is we we this is where we where we live, you know, finals footy, and can't wait for this weekend. It's going to be a massive game against um, a very good Chiefs side. Yeah, for sure, and I'm I'm excited for the game. I'm sure you are too, Dean. Yes, I am. I'm very excited. Yeah, and um, speaking about the depth, the depth of the Crusaders. It's it's pretty exciting. Pretty exciting that you guys can call upon your first, second, third, fourth winger to, to fill your shoes. Do you feel a little bit nervous coming back? Oh, that's you know, man, that's the whole thing. It's like 
I'm sitting here and looking at all these guys training and looking at, you know, guys like, you know, running or in, our, in my position. I'm just saying, I'm like, man, this, yeah, it makes, I mean, like, doesn't make you nervous, but, you know, just, you know, you just start thinking to yourself, like, man, like all the hard work you have to put in now to sort of, you know, making sure that when you do come back, you, you know, you get that spot back. And, and yeah, all these guys, obviously, you know, probably like some of them are probably like, Four years, three years younger than me. And <laughs> Age is just a number. Yeah, yeah, yeah true. Oh. You can't beat experience. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, and just moving on from that, do you, do you have any advice for any young injured athletes out there that are kind of teetering on, do I just throw it away or do I keep continue on and keep pushing forth? Um, yeah, man, I think because the one thing – that I was, you know, bringing it now, the one thing that I sort of, you know, had to go with every day is like, you know, and especially to the younger athletes as well, or even just any other injured um, athletes out there, is, um, it's just, you know, you got to put in the hard work, you know, injuries, you know, if I'm being honest and straight up, injuries suck, you know, no one wants to be, be rehabbing, you'd rather be out there, but, you know, you got to do the hard work if you want to get back to uh, where you left off and, um, you know, you're like your time will come, you know, like you'll be back out there playing and you just got to put in the hard work now. It's a long, long, long journey, and uh, but it'll, your time will come. That's really sound advice. Uh, several words for any young listener that is going through an injury. Um, take that on board and keep working, as you say. Now, before we let you go, this is a, 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 like, a little segment we like to run with our guests. It's called Tip On. Basically, 60 seconds of rapid-fire questions. We just want you to say the first thing that pops in your mind. If you don't know the answer, pass. We'll move on to the next one. We'll, we'll get through it as quick as we can. How does that sound? Yes, yeah, sweet. Let's do this. <laughs> All right. The clock is on. What have you been binging? <sighs> Pass, pass, sorry. <laughs> what is your coffee order? Flat white. <clears throat> Who is your most annoying teammate? Uh, Richie Mwanga. Who is your sporting hero? Um, Kobe Bryant. Uh, what would be your wrestler entrance song? Uh, the Big Show. What, yeah. is, what was your favourite movie as a kid? Um, sorry, not much TV back in Fiji yet. <laughs> <laughs> Who who in your team is always on their phone? Christian Lee Willie. What's something you could eat for a month straight? Uh, Megaring noodles. Which teammate has the worst fashion sense? Shafiaki. Do you have a hidden talent? Swimming. Uh, what song do you play to make you feel good? Baby Justin Bieber. On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the best, how good are you at keeping secrets? 11. 11? 11. Nice, nice. Solid. A vault. Once it goes in, it doesn't come out. Uh, <laughs> Sebu, thanks very much for joining us on Can You Be More Pacific. We wish your teammates all the best this weekend as they take on the Chiefs, and uh, we wish you all the best also with your recovery. Yeah, speedy recovery. Thank you so much, guys. I appreciate you all, and uh, yeah, have a great day, and hopefully we'll chat some other time soon. You can ask that. Your chance to ask what it's really like to be an elite athlete on Can You Be More Pacific? 
good part of the show. You can ask that. It's where we tackle a question that is relevant to a former or a current player. Illy, uh, this question this weekend, and we've, we've already spoken about Alex Twole. I, I, I highlighted it as a, a big moment in my week, watching him score his first try and me being there sideline to watch it happen. So it, it sort of sparked a question from John on Instagram um, around the same thing. Where were you when something happened? So where were you when a big sporting event took place? What are some of the big moments that – I guess that pop up in your mind and, and can you take yourself back to where you were when they when they happened? Yeah, that's a good question, John. And it, it does bring back a lot of memories for me, especially growing up um, watching various uncles, cousins play footy. Um, but for me, what stood out in the Olympic arena was the Kathy Freeman race in the Sydney 2000 Olympics. And for me, you know, we speak about the Melbourne Cup being the race that stopped, stops the nation, but this for me was the race that stopped the nation because I think every television in Australia was on for the 400-metre race in Sydney um, to watch Cathy Freeman run in her suit. And for me, it was dinner time. I was actually sitting down on Dad's mat, um, Fijian mat, and I think he had made – Oh, it would have been boiled chicken and rice. And that's what I was munching on as Kathy Freeman was running this race. And we were cheering, just cheering. And I could feel the atmosphere from the stadium of that race. And it, it was just amazing for her to watch. And then to make a statement and carry both flags around the, the stadium after her race was monumental. Yeah, that's uh, it's a great moment that, that you mentioned, Lee. And, um, I can't imagine the the pressure that she she felt on her shoulder. You're right. It was like every set in Australia would have been tuned in to that race, and and obviously around the world being the Olympics. And um, you know, she she was she was the the person that that held up Australia before the Olympics. She was the, the um, I guess the, the icon of Australia in the Olympics and um, torchbearer, lit the cauldron, coming out to run that um, to run that race, uh, wearing the suit. There's so much attention on that moment. And I can't imagine as a, an individual having to wear that kind of pressure and do what she did. Um, it was, would have been enormous. I too was in my lounge room at home watching on, on the TV. I can't remember with that detail what I was eating for dinner <laughs> that night. Um, Dad's but, food is always delicious. You remember every little bit. <laughs> but yeah, it was, um, it was an amazing moment. So that's a really good pick there from you. Now, my one, um, a little bit different. It's um, not as monumental, but um, it's uh, in, in my realm of rugby league. The 1997 uh, grand final between Newcastle and Manly Sea Eagles where Darren Albert scores a try in the final seconds of the game to win the match for the Newcastle Knights. One of the best grand finals that's pl- uh, been played in the NRL um, at the time, the ARL. But um, where I was when this was happening, I was on a bus on my way to the snow. I was going down uh, with some friends to Jindabyne um, to go skiing or snowboarding. It was my first time ever going to the snow. I scraped together some money um, and I was heading down to the snow. Uh, boys weekend away. It wasn't a boys week. We were kids then. So it was oh, like, yeah, I was going with like a, a random scout group. I wasn't a scout, but I was going down with this group um, that my friend was a part of and uh, we're staying in like a... Um, a big hall, and uh, we're going snowboarding. But we were trying to get the game on um, on radio on the way down, like a little radio. Oh, of course, there's no stand back then. No, there was no, no, there was none of that. There was no no streaming services. Streaming no, services. no. Well, obviously, you had a TV, but the bus didn't have a TV that could pick up any reception. So we're sitting up the back, myself and a few others, with a little transistor radio tuned into probably the ABC, no doubt, um, and trying to get – but the coverage was so bad, so we were just catching little bits and pieces on the radio. 
eventually got the um got the try the last try to seal the win i was i was behind the knights because my mate that i was with was a knights fan and i just remember yeah just erupting at the back of the bus the rest of the bus didn't really care about it but mm-hmm. i did but that's just like a memory of, from mine of a big moment in sport where uh i was on a bus on a bus on a bus listening to it well wow, and you can just imagine the liniment smell coming through the radio right yeah. <laughs> back in 1997 <laughs> very very good point now uh if you've got a question you can send it through to our dms on instagram i am at dean hullitow sorry I'm at Dean Hullitel. Yes, I know my own Instagram handle. That's how much I go on there. And Illy, you're at Illy Sever B. Yes, that's me. Can you be more Pacific on ABC Radio Australia? Oh, my God. You're with Dean and Illy talking all things sport across the Pacific. Stick around. We'll spotlight our favourite socials. But up next, we talk to Whanau Fituafe, team manager for the Touring Tonga Secondary Schools Rugby League team, about their preparations. Joining us for Island Life this week, we're very fortunate to have Whanau Fituafe, who is the team manager for a Tongan secondary schools boys team that's travelling out to Australia to play some matches. Uh, and it's great to have you on board, Whanau. Uh, thank you so much for the opportunity, and I'm glad uh, to be here with you. Thank you. Fana, if you could uh, give our listeners a little bit of an insight as to what this team that's coming over to Australia, um, how it's made up, and um, you know, I guess the, the process that went into to bringing the group together. Thank you so much. Um, I would uh, like to first recognise the, the good work that is done by uh, NRL uh, Tonga, uh, its manager, Mr. Tabaki Fangpo, and uh, uh, his employees in Tonga for hosting, uh, I think this is the first uh, secondary school uh, rugby league competition. Um, as you know that uh, in Tonga, uh, rugby union is a very uh, dominant uh, sport that has run, you know, for uh, decades. Um, and uh, Tavake and his team uh, started work together with the uh, secondary school uh, principals. Um, and I think when uh, uh, Mr. Sione Kafatolhuangana, the sports uh, uh, manager, was hired, um, I told Tavake he was uh, bringing the right people in and he was able to work together with the uh, principals uh, to host the uh, secondary school competition that we just completed and uh, and, and finished uh, six, uh, seven weeks ago. So uh, that uh, competition, not all, they were like uh, two or three other schools that didn't join, but the rest of the secondary schools in Tonga, you know, joined the competition. And uh, um, after the, the competition was final, then... Uh, the coaching uh, team were able to uh, select the, the 20 uh, best players uh, from the under-16 uh, teams uh, to uh, to come in this tour that we're about to uh, visit Australia uh, this Saturday, 24th of June. So I commend uh, the good work uh, that is done by Tavake and his team, uh, you know, uh, organizing it with uh, those in Australia and, um, you know, working together with uh, the school principals. And uh, they chose me to be the the, the team uh, manager. 
as the school I'm involved with, uh, we had the, the most teams, you know, that played in all the age group uh, under 14, 16, 18 for boys. And uh, we also ha- uh, they also started for the first time ever the um, the girls, uh, the female uh, team. Uh, never in Tonga that, uh, in secondary schools that female play rugby, but it was even with rugby union. But uh, uh, NRL Tonga uh, started the uh, the girls team, and uh, fortunately, m- our school uh, won the <laughs> under-16 uh, girls team, and so is the, the, the senior team under-18. Um, so so that's uh, the little uh, background of uh, what happened, uh, the result of our uh, secondary school uh, rugby league competition, and Tavake and his team, you know, make the connection to Australia, and we were able to uh, work together with our officials for this tour, and especially the coaching uh, staff to select these uh, 10, uh, sorry, 20 uh, good players to come and play um, in Australia. Fana, you mentioned uh, the, I guess, the foothold that Rugby Union has in, in Tonga, but we've seen over the last few years with the success that the Matema Tonga has in, in Rugby League, that yes. Rugby League's grown in strength in, in Tonga. What about, um, and you just mentioned it a little bit there, what about the growth of the women's game uh, in Tonga of Rugby League? Uh, yes. There is a, a great interest. After this uh, competition uh, involving the girls, uh, there is this great interest in our girls wanting uh, to play rugby uh, league. Um, and, and currently in Tonga, we are running the rugby union season, and they are, are planning to involve the girls as well. But but you know, rugby league started uh, uh, that trend. Uh, so we see that there's great uh, potential and great interest in our girls to play rugby. So it will grow. I I, I see it for myself here at at our our, our school at uh, Liahona. There's growing uh, interest of our girls, and they already uh, started training for the next season. We're not sure yet when is the next season, whether it is the end of the year or uh, beginning of the year, but the girls are already trained. Uh, so uh, there is a possibility of more girls participating, and it will continue to improve. And uh, like you mentioned, I think the interest in rugby league sparks from um, you know the success success of Mateva Tonga. And um, and I also want to mention that uh, before uh, NRL Tonga comes into this uh, competition. In the past uh, seven seven years, in the past seven years, myself and uh, the head coach and also, um, you know, the Hangana uh, brother I mentioned that is working with Tawake at NRL that uh, they hired last last October, I guess. Um, We involved, the the three of us, uh, the Hangana brothers, the head coach that we're coming with, and uh, the one work for NRL, and myself with a few other members, uh, we have the Maui Fusfonua. That is a, a, a little um, organization that we have run a rugby league competition for uh, 
eight years now, um, starting from age uh, under six, under eight, under 10, under 12, under 14, uh, under 16, and under 18. So we, we started that in the uh, past eight years. And when, um, you know, uh, NRL came to establish, you know, the relationship with the secondary schools, then, you know, us that we um, work at Maui Fusfonua came in and partnered with them on, uh, you know, uh, pushing the uh, rugby league talent of of uh, our, uh, the youth of Tonga. And, and the great thing is not only that it happened at the secondary school level, it also goes now, uh, NRL uh, Tonga works with uh, now the primary schools and the uh, middle schools, um, and they are currently running the competition in Tongatapu, which is the main island we are in, and also the other islands. We, there are a competition for middle schools and primary schools at the other islands of Ewa, uh, Hapai, um, and there's one uh, to begin very soon uh, at Wawa'u. So there is a growing interest, and, and yes, um, it is a collaboration uh, effort um, of those involved, and especially the support that is given from uh, Maui Fusfonua and, and other members of the community in Tonga. That's fabulous. And it just, see, it just goes to show, like, the pipeline that Tonga NRL development have in the pipeline for for the players and the children of, you know, Tonga primary school through to middle school through to high school. Yes. And the interest that the girls are showing by wanting to play, wanting to train, even when they're not, they don't know when their next season is. So yes. what I want to ask is, do you see an issue with like the rugby union competition to the league competition? Can the year be separated so the girls can play both, both codes? Yes. Um, I think rugby union has been, you know, because the to me the highlight of the secondary school competition was the girls' game. It was just so wonderful to watch, and everyone was just excited. The cheer from the ground that were present, you know, was just too special for the girls. Um, and with the presence of the and the support of the Australian High Commissioner in Tonga, and the presence of the uh, minister, minister of Internal Affairs and and sports and other um, the chairperson for parliament and other ministers that were present at the final, you know, cheering for the girls, uh, to me, it was a, was a big uh, boost. And, um, you know, I'm just talking about the school that I'm in. All our rugby league uh, girls that played, they are the ones that are now training for the rugby uh, union seven that is uh, going to happen in in three, uh, four weeks' time. Um, and you know the reason why they 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 want to play rugby union because they love rugby league, and they see that as an opportunity for them to stay fit and still improve their their skills in rugby. And when rugby league season comes, um, they are, are well trained and, and ready for for that uh, competition. So um, yeah, there is great interest uh, in our girls. And we're hoping, 
that these girls that we are training now uh, would have an opportunity uh, to come play um, or maybe a tour next year for girls so they can come uh, play and showcase their talent in, in Australia. Uh, Julia Roberts, I, I guess you know uh, that uh, name um, in rugby league. Uh, she came with a ADF team for some trainings that happened uh, a few uh, months ago. Um, and he came and visited the girls and um, visited the, the, the girls in the schools. And, and I think that was a big motivation when she was introduced you know, um, to the girls at at, uh, at the competition, and they were able to uh, watch the game, and and I think he was able to see how strong and powerful the the Tongan girls are, and also their sizes, eh? um, um, according to their age, and uh, that that's a very um, a good motivation, you know, to see professional female player to uh, come up to Tonga and. And, and showcase to the girls that there's hope, that there's, you know, a pathway out there. If they, they play well and do well, they can have the opportunity to come to Australia and, and play professionally. Um, so we're looking forward maybe um, a visit from a, a Tongan a female professional player would, would help as well to, to inspire our girls. Yeah, well, Julia is certainly a superstar of the game here in Australia, and there are certainly a lot of um, Tongan women that are playing the game that are um, no doubt would be great role models for um, young girls pushing through the pathways over there in Tonga. Fane, it's been great to chat with you and, and understand uh, what is happening on the ground with, with Rugby League in Tonga, but also um, for the upcoming tour that, you, that you'll be traveling with, the, the secondary boys team here to Australia. We wish you all the best. Um, hopefully you get some good results. And as team manager, hopefully it's a, a stress-free week for you. Um, but thank you once again for joining us on Can You Be More Pacific? Thank you so much for the opportunity. Milo. Can you be more Pacific? Keeping it social. Time to jump online and see what's happening in the socials. Illy, what have you come up with this week? And I've got to say, big shoes to fill in this regard because Sarah's a social queen. She is a social queen. Big shoes to fill or big mouth to fill? I'm a bit <laughs> torn by that comment. But look, no, Sarah is good at what she does and there is a reason for it. But keeping it social, um, I've come across this video of the Female Athlete Project um, about keeping girls and women in sport, but they've taken it at a different angle where let's just take a look and see it because it's coming from a male point of view. Well, Jordan, you faced a lot of tough challenges out there tonight. Care to take us through it? Yeah, it was really tough. I'm just exhausted. I, I don't think I can do this again. Yeah, I think I've just come to a decision where I just want to quit. That will be unbelievable for people to listen to. You're so young, you're at the top of your game. Why would you do that now? Just worried that, you know, I wouldn't fit in with my friends. Um, they all think it's weird that I want to do this kind of thing. And Pressure from my parents. They just don't see the value in it. Uh, on my way back home after the training session after the game, I feel just so vulnerable. I'm worried about my, my body image, how I look in front of everyone, and I'm done with football. These are just some of the reasons why twice as many girls quit sport than boys by the age of 14. But if we keep playing... 
we'll learn life skills like teamwork, leadership, and resilience so we can unleash our full potential. Encourage us, support us, help us play on. Yeah, I think that that's a really powerful stance. And for me, when I first watched that video, I was like, these are fully professional athletes. What are they worried about? Why are they feeling so vulnerable? And then watching it later on, you see that actually these are comments made by young women who face these challenges of whether to continue to play on or not. It's a good campaign and it's um, very well done. A good post from you. A good pick, I should say, from you, Illy. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Well done. And um, what have you got for us, Dean? Uh, My one I've got, uh, look, I've spoken about this guy a few times. I've shown a a bit too much love for Alex Toll, but uh, yeah, I've gone to the West Tigers uh, Instagram page and this was off the back of his uh, first try. Yeah, there's a meme of, meme of a guy that's uh, about to get married. He turns around. Uh, this is this is floating around for a while. He turns around and he just breaks down uh, and then the vision flips and it's Alex Twole catching the ball off the, the deflection and then diving over for his first try. So I thought that was pretty cool. That pretty was pretty cool, time. especially a guy in his wedding, right? Yes, yeah, a guy in his wedding. <laughs> oh. yeah. Very emotional about Alex's try. Can see where the commitment is already. Yeah. <laughs> Pacific on ABC Radio Australia. Plenty coming up in sport this week and not much gets bigger than the Super Rugby Pacific game. Yes, it's going to be a cracker. Crusaders versus the Chiefs at Chiefs home ground in Waikato. Um, Now, if we can look back to last week, uh, the semi-final, where the Crusaders performed a clinic a clinic over the Blues. Um, the Crusaders dominated in, their, dominated in their home semi-final to stay on course for the seventh straight Super Rugby final, crossing for six tries in Christchurch last Friday night. Um, in a high-scoring game, we recognised Tongan-born Lester Fainga Anuku contributing to their list of try scorers with the magician Richie Mwanga adding the extras in the conversions and penalties. Huge game from the Crusaders, 52-15. to 15. Does that soften them for the final, do you think? Of course not. They're just getting started. Okay. They're just getting started. And then the second semifinal, we had Chiefs and the Brumbies um, in the North Island. The Chiefs secured their spot in the Super Rugby Pacific final from the golden boot of McKenzie's kicking four penalties, keeping the host in front for the majority of the game until Retallick put the icing on the cake in the try in a late 77th minute of the game. Ooh, Chiefs have had a good season, haven't they? They have had, had a, a good really, season. really good season. They have had a good season and, you know, it's going to be a home game for the Chiefs. Uh, so I'm sure the Chiefs supporters are going to come out with in cowbells ringing all the way down the street. Who do you have to win? Have to win? I've got to say Crusaders. Okay. I'm going Crusaders as well, but I'll, I'll always tip the Crusaders because I have done for as, as long as I've watched Super Rugby, just tip the Crusaders. So, um, And I mean, we've just had Sevier Reese on... on on call, so I've got to go Crusaders. We're going to go with him so that he comes back on the show again. Yes, please. Yep. yep. <laughs> now over to Rugby League and plenty happening with NRL moving into round 17. The games that I'm looking forward to, the Storm versus Manly on Saturday down in Melbourne. 
Always a grudge match when these two meet. Plenty of uh, fireworks to come and a number of players backing up from origin. I'm going to be interested to see how Daly Cherry Evans goes up against a number of his Queensland counterparts who are playing for the Storm mm-hmm. after they've just celebrated together um, winning the, the series. So that one is going to be very interesting. And the other one is a, a derby of sorts, the Broncos versus the Titans, Brisbane versus the Gold Coast. That's taking place on Sunday. Again, both teams affected by origin players, Maybe, maybe not backing up, but um, I expect that one to be a huge one at Lang Park. Uh, really looking forward to that one. But the big game that's coming up next uh, that we'll all be jumping from here uh, and listening into Andrew Moore and the team is the women's state of origin. This yeah, is the girls. Here we go. Here we go. The Blues need to win by nine points to secure the series. Um, but we've had a couple of changes in the teams, Dean. Yeah, a couple of changes. Kennedy Cheridan's, Cherrington, I should say, has moved back to the bench to make way for Samima Talfa, who is um, kind of like an inspirational leader for the Blues. She's got enormous work rate. I don't think she's going to come off the field. I think she plays the full 70 minutes. So um, great for the Blues to have Samima back in. Uh, Tiana Penatani returns. She had a hamstring injury leading into game one. Um, so Tiana being back in the side is a huge in for them. Cassie Tohuhiki is... Uh, 18th replacement for the Blues, then over with Queensland, China Pallada comes in, Destiny Brill, um, Ivania Politi had a great game in game one, Shannon Mato had a bit of a run in with Kennedy Cherrington in game one, um, the only in for them uh, as a replacement also is Sienna Lafippo, so I'm really looking forward to this contest because of what's on the line for both teams, but New South Wales, I'm expecting them to come out with guns blazing. Well, they have to, they have to, they have to come back with an answer after game one. Now... Who are you tipping? I'm tipping the Blues. I can't go against the Blues. I know who you're going to tip because yes. you've made it very clear who you support. <laughs> Maroons all the way. Maroons all the way. It's in enemy territory for, for the Blues as well, up in Townsville, uh, this game. So um, flip over next, tune in. You'll catch Andrew Moore and the rest of the Grandstand Rugby League team and also across the rest of the weekend in round 17. Unfortunately, that brings us to the end of the show, but we'll be back same time, same place next week. Don't forget you can find all our episodes on the Radio Australia website or wherever you listen to your podcast. That's all here. See you later. Bye. More there. Can You Be More Pacific, an ABC sport production for ABC Radio Australia. This program has been funded by the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade.